In you, O Lord, I take refuge. In all of our sufferings in our life, we can take refuge in the cross. And in the cross, that is where we will find true protection. Because life is full of sufferings, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. I don't know if you've seen the movies uh, for that, the previews for that movie, Father Stew, that is uh, released. Um, Mark Wahlberg sent a letter to every pastor, I think, in the country. And he signed it. He autographed it. He probably didn't sign it. It probably was printed. But Father Paul got, to, got a letter, and uh, I went to see the movie. And it's the story of this priest and his journey to how he became a priest. And what I'd like to focus on is how he endured suffering in different aspects of his life and how that suffering actually brought him closer to God. When he finally was able to take refuge in the Lord, to take refuge in the sacraments, he experienced absolute, complete freedom. So Mark Wahlberg uh, plays this young Stu growing up, and he grows up, neither of his parents are faithful, they have no religious practice whatsoever, and he grows up pretty rough and tough, drinks at a young age, gets into all, all kinds of uh, bad things, and um, grows grows up as an adult, never really growing up as an adult. And he decides at some point he's got to do something with his life. And so he has a, a, a coach in high school that invites him to try boxing. And so he didn't really have any interest in it, but the coach said, why don't you come and just give it a try and we'll see how, how, how you do. And he loves boxing because it's something that he can um, throw himself completely into. The difficult thing is he's not very good at boxing. So he gets beat up all along the way. He does end up winning uh, the Golden uh, Gloves for the state. But along the whole way, he's really just too old for the sport already. And um, really, he just faces a beating every time that he gets into the ring. And that's what he wanted to make his life on. And when that didn't work, his mother said, well, you got a cute face. Why don't you go out to Hollywood? So he goes out to Hollywood to try, try to become an actor. and fails miserably at that, wait, waits in the, you know, does every ghoulish job that you can do, and uh, gets like a couple really lame uh, on-screen things as, as a kind of a, a sidekick. And it's during that time that he meets this beautiful young girl who is a Catholic. And again, he doesn't even know what a Catholic is, but he likes her a lot, so he starts following her, he starts pursuing her. And somebody warns him, one of the, the church members warns him and says, uh, be careful, because she's as Catholic as you can get. She's more Catholic than, than the cross, is what he says to her. So he's trying to like warn her that this girl is not for you. But he keeps pursuing her, keeps going after her. And she keeps turning him down, keeps turning him down, keeps turning him down. And um, one day, he is riding his motorcycle, and as he's riding the motorcycle, he gets, he gets hit by a car, and then he's knocked off of his motorcycle. He roll, rolls down the highway and gets run over by another car. This is a true story, by the way. I don't know if I told you that. But, but gets run over by another car. And in that moment, he has an out-of-body experience. And he has this sense and feeling of God's love and God's presence in this moment of complete destitute and suffering. So he, he feels God the Father's love, and then he, he has a... Um, a vision of Mary. And Mary comes and takes him 
takes him into his arms, as she did Jesus, kind of like we hear the beloved disciple. She takes him into his arms. And so he, he goes into a coma after this, and he begins to wake up out of the coma, and of course he's waking up, and his whole body is broken and in pain. And, um, but he wakes up from this coma, and he realizes that God saved his life. And because God saved his life, he feels like he has to give his life back to God. And so it's at that point that he thinks, I'm going to become a Catholic. Now again, he still doesn't know anything about the Catholic Church. He really just wants to get with with this one girl that's Catholic. But he decides he's going to become a Catholic. And so he goes into the faith and he goes through this process of initiation of RCAA, the Rite of Christian Initiation, which maybe some of uh, our members are here. And after he goes through this time of learning about the faith and growing in the faith and conversion, he finally, um, one day, he's dating, he's dating the girl and he says to her, I'm going to get baptized. And so he decides to get baptized. And as he's baptized, they don't show this in the movie, but it's in the true story. As he's baptized, he knows in that instant that God's calling him to be a priest. And so the movie kind of reveals that later on, that uh, he's given this call to be a priest. And so he goes home to tell his parents, and he says, I'm, you know, he says to his mother, I'm supposed to be a priest. And she goes... For Halloween? And he goes, no, like a real priest. And that, of course, it creates this division in this family because they're not faithful, they're not holy at all, they, nothing of religion, and they don't believe in religion. And now their son is you know, going away to become a priest. So it creates this tension. So he experiences this suffering of even his family not understanding him. And so as he's discerning to be a priest, he takes the girl out to dinner and he's going to tell her the good news, news that he's going to be a priest, only she thinks that he's taking out to um, ask her to marry him. And of course, he's not doing that. So she is shocked and brokenhearted and disappointed. So here's another wound that he has in his life. Well, he finally goes into the seminary. and as he gets, uh, It was a difficult thing to be accepted into the seminary because, as I said, he had a pretty bad past. He had a lot of DUIs and things like that. So... The, uh, the Monsignor that was accepting guys in the seminary said, you're not, we can't let you in the seminary. There's no way you're going to make it. And again, he begs and pleads so that he can get into the seminary. And about halfway through his seminary experience, he gets this pain in his leg. He falls over on the basketball court. He gets this pain. And he goes into the hospital for the doctors to look at it, and they begin doing all the X- x-rays and MRIs, and um, they discover that this pain that he has is actually um, it's an untreatable form of degenerative muscle disease. And so the doctors say from this point forward you're going to just lose everything. What, what strength you have now is going to decline from this point forward. It's incurable. There's nothing that we can do. It's very rare. So he goes back to the seminary and as things start to progress he begins to walk on crutches um, he begins to experience pain. And uh, the uh, Monsignor tells him, you know, we can't, we can't ordain you. You're just not, you're not physically in good shape to be ordained. And so they send, him, they send him home. So now he's devastated. He's tried to follow this call from God. He's experienced um, difficulty, suffering, rejection, loneliness, isolation, abandonment. And so he goes home and he kind of just goes back to his old ways. Until one day, the Monsignor calls him and he, and he says, your parish has petitioned Rome and Rome has granted a decision of yes, that you can be ordained. And so they bring him back and, and they ordain him. 
by the time that he celebrates his first Mass, he's uh, practically in a wheelchair, wheel-bound. And so after he celebrates his first Mass, then he's in a nursing home as a, as a newly ordained priest, and something miraculous happens. People are lining up outside the nursing home by the dozens, just waiting to have their confession heard. And they're coming to him especially because he knows what it's like to be broken. He knows what it's like to live a rough life. He knows what it's like to be redeemed. And he knows what it's like to carry the cross of suffering. In, in, the, in his real life, he describes that he actually looks at his suffering as a gift and a grace. Because he, he, was such a, he had such a big ego that he really believes that it took something like this really to humble him. And he lived about five or six years in, in that nursing home, and then he died at, uh, um, as a young, young priest. The reason I talk about this today is because suffering for us isn't something that we escape because of Jesus' death. So when Jesus suffered and died and, rode on the, and, and rose on the cross, he redeems us. He redeems us from our sins. But he also invites us into that same Paschal mystery, that when we experience suffering, that we can unite it to the cross, that we can come to him in that suffering. Take refuge in the cross. Suffering is so difficult. And the older we get, I'm sure the older ones can testify, don't get old, right? Because it's just more and more and more and more suffering. But take refuge in the cross. Let Jesus bear that suffering with you. He said in the movie, this is his first homily as a priest, but he said, all of our nature is passing away. But our inner self, our inner nature, is being renewed every day. And he would begin to preach and kind of drool as he spoke from his wheelchair. And he said, this life, no matter how long it lasts, is only a momentary affliction, preparing us for eternal glory. We shouldn't pray for an easy life. We should pray for glory. And he points to the cross, to the crucifix in the church, and he says, that man right there, you just got to let him in. He will do the heavy lifting. And so I just invite us now to think about the sufferings in our life that we're going through. Physical, emotional, spiritual. But I also want to, to focus on the, the suffering that sin causes us that when we sin, we are suffering for no good reason. There's nothing redemptive about sinful suffering. When we are trapped in sin, we're suffering on our own. In the seminary, we had a spiritual director that, um, he was great. Uh, he, he had a lot of great one-liners. But when you go into the seminary, you have to give up a lot. And sometimes when you give up a lot, God seems to keep asking for more. Well, I want you to give this up now. Give this up now. And so some of the guys would say, I feel like I'm dying, they would say to the seminary professor. And he would, say, he, would, he would turn to them and go like this, and he would say, good, die. Don't just feel like you're dying, but actually die. Let ourselves die to sin. 
so that we no longer have to wrestle with it or fight with it or struggle with it, die to it, let it go so that we can completely experience the love of God. At the end of the film, after he becomes a priest and begins ministering to all these people, he realizes that all the sufferings in his life led him to this. And even his spinal suffering, the the degenerating muscles that would lead to his death, ultimately led him to be the person that he was called to be, to be the priest of God, to be the, the, the sanctifier to all of those that were suffering. And so as we prepare to venerate the cross, I just invite you to close your eyes for a couple moment, couple moments and think about the physical suffering that you have, the emotional, the spiritual, and take refuge in the Lord's cross. But also if there's any sin that you're suffering with, if there's any sin that you've been unable to die to or let go of, ask him for that grace that in this moment you can die to it, you can let go of it and take refuge in his cross.